At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. Here's Larry Kudlow from Naples, Florida. Going to give a speech to Ave Maria University tonight. It's a great group. Catholic group. But lots of excellence. So there's my plug for Ave Maria. Anyway, we're going to plug the show here. Well, wait, one thing I have not said. I can't believe it. 90 minutes into it or more, you have to dial us up, Fox Business, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m., 4 to 5 p.m. every day. The name of the show is Cudlow. Cudlow. And by the way, if you can't, if you can't get it at 4, just call up your favorite 9-year-old who will DVR the show for you, and you'll never miss a thing. Only nine-year-olds can do this kind of thing. And now I want to return back to the energy story. My great friend David Bernhardt, who was the Interior Secretary during the Trump administration, he's now helping out with the America First Policy Institute, and I think he's even practicing some law on the side someplace. Uh, David, thanks for helping us. Thanks for coming on the TV show, too. Really appreciate that. Great to be here, Larry. So, look, I was talking to, you, you know, Douglas Holtz-Eakin? Mm-hmm. Of course you do. Yes. Smart guy. Um, I, I'm still focused on what I call this regulatory uh, octopus whose tenant, tentacles going through all these agencies, Interior and FERC and Energy and EPA maybe even financially, the SEC and the Federal Reserve trying to take credit away from fossil fuel companies. But this business, David Bernhardt, about the, the um, social cost of carbon, which, they, which the Bidens are using to reject all kinds of applications, as I understand it. You know, Granholm at the Energy Department, who knows nothing. All she does is giggle when she's asked a question. She's like Kamala Harris. They like to giggle because they don't know anything. She's sitting on all these LNG projects. FERC looks like it'll never okay uh, a pipeline again in my lifetime. But just in general, they're using this huge amount per ton, $57 per ton or some such thing. Can you walk us through this? Because you know, um, Doug Holtzikin just thought it was utter nonsense. He called it unmeasured, unmeasured <laughs> uh, costs and benefits. They don't go through the usual procedure that they're supposed to go through for new regs. Can you talk to us about the harm that these um, new metrics are doing to the um, oil and gas business that we need so desperately? Well, yes. Um, and, Larry, I think your your terminology of an octopus with tentacles is just so um, so accurate. Except, you know, an octopus like says there's eight, and, and they have literally um, reached out um, everywhere. And you're seeing the um, 
what, what's going on, particularly with the social cost of carbon, mm. is, is saying, hey, we have to analyze um, what we believe might be the cost of a project um, from this um, quantification that is purely based um, on speculative assumptions, speculative numbers, and not tied to reality. And so it's really just throwing stuff against the wall. But they're using it um, as guidance from, from OMB. Um, they're trying to use it to impose um, an additional cost on, on normal uh, things as a way of demonstrating that additional regulatory costs lead to higher energy prices across the board. And remember, their strategy here across the board, in my opinion, is to drive up energy costs overall. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, uh, the Green New Deal becomes a um, greater reality. So at first, what you have is they're taking these ideas and saying, look, we need to um, utilize these ideas such as social cost of carbon and actually take longer to do all of our uh, permitting uh, processes and analysis and they're literally as you know expanding the timeline it takes to do infrastructure in an environment that is already um has already has extraordinary length of time to it and what they're doing is is it's simply your octopus analogy is right that every single tentacle is trying to stretch the length of time Every regulatory initiative they have is one that is focused on expanding the length of time for that particular regulation so that cumulatively it almost becomes a, an environment where it will be virtually impossible to permit infrastructure activities related to fossil fuels on public land or private land. Mm. It is extraordinary. And just, you know, I can just run, run through them, and you know these so well because you worked for years uh, in the Trump administration to bring these down. But, you know, the NEPA regulations will be expanded. WOTUS is uh, supposed to be expanded. The Endangered Species Act regulations would apply, where spe in their view, where species don't even exist. Mm. And the list goes on and on and on. And each one of those individually expands the time frame um and 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 some will just be completely unworkable at the end of the day and it's my opinion this is just my opinion that this is a concerted effort to make um energy costs so high that um that we're looking at other things and mm -hmm. and you know at the same time they're doing that they're now saying well let's get uh the energy industry moving and and they have, they're doing these activities. On the Hill, they're threatening windfall profit taxes. Mm. You're right about the SEC and, um, you know, uh, John Kerry on the seventh day of the administration was out saying, look, no more uh, financing fossil fuel projects. And, and that is their, their um, your analogy of octopus is completely right, except they're literally wrapping their, arm, their tentacles around this massive engine of economic and national security and, and trying to, to simply crush it. You know, down in this, uh, this oil conference, whatever it's called, Sarah, uh, down in Texas, 
I don't know if you saw the news reports. Manchin starts yelling at the guy who runs FERC. Do your job. Do your job. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's really interesting. Uh, Manchin's the head, obviously the head of the whatever it is, Energy and Natural Senate Resource Energy Committee. Committee. Senate yeah. Energy Committee. That's yep. a big deal. <laughs> it's a very big deal. Well, and he's not doing his job. Right. Well, just think how extraordinary it would be um, uh, that a, you know, and, and part of this is just things don't want to make the news, but something like that. Just think how extraordinary it would be to have a Democratic senator, which is Joe Manchin, doing that mm. to um, to folks. And here's why his rea- he's a great guy, by the way. Mm. And here's why he's doing it. He recognizes that the American people are the ones hurting here. This isn't some theoretical, um, interesting academic exercise to to think about how things might play out. What we know right now is that American consumers are paying more for literally everything. Things are getting harder and harder. And and he is reacting uh, to the views of his constituency. And, you know, his constituency is not in, you know, some major urban area um, where uh, gas and oil are just not things that you think of. So people are telling me, industry people are telling me, David Bernhardt, that the XL pipeline could actually be completed in a year. That they said by the first quarter of 2023, now, I don't know the structure of this thing. How much of that pipeline, if any, was actually built? Do you know? Well, there is some that has been uh, constructed, but, but what you're really talking about, it's a massive uh, exercise. I think a year, to be honest with you, Larry, is a little ambitious. Mm-hmm. It also depends when you start given, you know, if you're, if you're um, the, the season for constructing uh, in places like Montana and others, you know, um, you really have to have things staged, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were poised to do that. Let's be clear. They were poised to, to hit the trigger and go, and they got yanked back. But, but let's, let's just say, let's give them a break and let's say a year and a half, okay? Mm-hmm. A year and a half. And, um, and what you have is a tremendous resource that you could turn on, and they decided to turn off. And that's besides all of the economic activity that flows to these smaller rural areas as you're constructing these uh, facilities. And, and, you know, that's an important component. You know better than almost anybody the strength um, President Trump had and the flexibility by being able to do LNG uh, uh, agreements and, and utilizing that as part of our foreign policy. And equally, that energy engine drives the economy in so many of these communities and to to literally shut it off just makes absolutely no sense see that well two things quickly one is the people in alberta are ready to pour eight hundred thousand barrels per day through this you know if we could get keystone hooked up through nebraska and then on its way down to the gulf Um, they're ready eight hundred thousand by the way is a lot that's right and that would be reflected in lower prices in the futures market, David, which would be arbitrage towards the spot market. You know, I mean, the dummies in the Biden administration do not understand that. But the other thing I wanted to mention to you is we all worked so hard, right? Myself, Andrew Ullman, Francis Brook, you, uh, Andrew Wheeler, and, you know, others, Rick Perry, of course, and Dan Briette. 
to use to t uh, shorten the NEPA permitting periods, um, not seven years or 10 years or 15 years for a project, but one to two years. Now, what I gather is the Bidens have thrown that out, that this, you know, two-year period from NEPA permitting is gone. So besides, you know, throwing roadblocks like the Endangered Species Act or the Clean Water Act, they've mangled uh, what we did on NEPA. And, and that was really right. one of the, I think it was one of the best things we all worked on. Look, if, if there's anything um, that would seem to make sense, it's like, let's give a project time to look at it, think about it, get some alternative views, but let's have that take two years mm. instead of 17 years. Mm. That was the president's goal, President Trump's goal, and that made eminent sense because here's what it also does. It gets rid of bad projects just as quickly mm. and lets the good ones uh, go forward instead of having them languish there. And and it made sense. They, they've, they've said, look, we don't want timelines. We don't want timelines. And, what, and that is just a component, in my opinion, and a reflection on their desire to simply have every single piece of the regulatory process move slower. And, you know, you, uh, with, you know, with this uh, journalism experience, I think every day, like, how many reporters would write in, how many articles would reporters write a week if they were told they never had a deadline? But that's exactly what they've said to the people that do NEPA work. No deadlines, guys. No deadlines. The president said, look, I want a two-year deadline. And, you know, it's not a day deadline. Do your job. Do it well. But I want two years. And, um, and they said, nope, no timelines. No, um, no page limitations. We want you to take as long. And that's just one of the hundred of tentacles that they have um, crushing hmm. rapid decision-making on the behalf of the American people. Yeah, behalf, behalf of screwing the American people. Uh, That's right. You know, these, oil, these gasoline costs have not, not peaked yet. David, one other thing coming back to, I'm obsessed with this social cost of carbon thing because I didn't really encounter it when I was at the National Economic Council. I mean, it, we didn't, it wasn't a big deal. Andrew Wheeler, who uh, used to run EPA, mentioned to me on the TV show that they were, they were using $7 a ton. Uh, Obama used $53 a ton, and the Bidens are trying to raise that to like $70 plus a ton, which, as you noted, would price fossil fuels out, which is what they want, actually. But they're using – I'm not sure I understand this, uh, David Bernhardt. They're using – centuries of data or they're going back centuries or are they going forward and like 300 years from now what will the climate impact be i don't understand that because well, i think exactly it's all right. total I mean, bs it's all bs well, i mean let's be honest okay in fairness to everybody it's all blanket speculation whatever number you pick out to the future if you're looking at the 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 costs that are predictable and um you know, actually uh, reasonably certain to occur here, you know, those costs are relatively remote. But once you begin speculating, here's the assumptions you have to make. First off, you have to make assumptions on the most complex environment on the planet, our entire climate. Mm -hmm. And then you have to make all sorts of assumptions about what technology changes will come in the future, mm -hmm. what 
uh, fuel demands will be in the future, what population demands will be in the future. And then you'll have to take all of that and prospect it out 50, 150, 200 years. It is nothing more than, than, an, than an effort to come up with an outcome and explain it backwards. That's all it is at the end of the day. And look, we have a judge, uh, a judge this, this week um, that was, that, that's looked at this and said, look, this imposes a cost without going through the regulatory process on uh, states. I'm not doing it. And, and you know, he, he's infusing a little bit of common sense into this system, but they're committed to it. And they're committed to doing it here. Um, and they're committed to doing everything they can to slow down and make energy more expensive. And now they have the beauty of a new shiny object to point to and say, let's just blame um, you know, someone else uh, uh, who, who declared a horrific war over here. We're going to blame him for all of these things that have not even gotten baked into the system yet. You know, Holtz Eakin told us earlier, David Bernhardt, that, um, that in his first year, Biden put on $200 billion worth of new regulations. Like, over four years, Trump had only $23 billion for four years. That's right. Okay. That's right. Obama had about a billion, about a hundred billion a year. So that he he did almost nine hundred billion. This guy's got two hundred billion. And then I asked him. I said, Dougie, where's you know where's where's the most of it gone? Energy, energy. Because they're rolling back everything we did on energy exactly. independence. That's that's what it's 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 a jihad. It's an obsession, David Bernhardt. Do you know what I mean? It's an ideological obsession. There's no common sense to it, nothing. And as you're saying, there's no analytics to it. There's no cost-benefit regulatory review. They're just throwing stuff on the wall and making it stick. Well, I listened to one one, um, Biden administration official say that they were trying to reimagine um, the, the, the future. And I just sat there and thought the problem with that, and that's great, but the problem is, we don't live in an imaginary reality. We live in the real world. And in the real world, you don't get to reimagine. You get to um, take the facts and circumstances you have and deal with, with things going forward. It's not imaginary. Wow. David Bernhardt, former Interior Secretary, and as you can hear, a damn good one. He's open, also helping out on the America First uh, Policy Institute. David. You're a prince for giving us some time on Saturday. We will talk soon. Thanks very much. Folks, I'm Larry Kudlow. This is The Larry Kudlow Show. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come right back. Larry Kudlow.